Ocean FM. Hours to Protect. Brought to you by Ocean FM, the IBI, and funded by Commission Naman with the television license fee. Check out hours to protect.ie for more information. Now, this morning we are launching uh, our new series called Hours to Protect, a very, very important programming initiative um, to raise awareness of climate change and to educate us all in how to make a difference and how we can make a difference. And it will consist of a weekly slot on this show every Thursday where we'll be joined by various guests to create awareness around climate change and to enable and encourage active engagement in climate action locally. And that's what we want to do. We want to hear from local groups and individuals in relation to what they are doing or plan to do. So as I say, every Thursday morning we'll be discussing uh, various topics of relevance. So to officially launch the initiative this morning, we've invited two guests into studio to talk about various aspects of climate change and what we should be doing. Uh, Dr. Yvonne Lang of ATU Sligo, uh, School of Science in ATU Sligo, who's also central in the workings of the Sligo Environmental uh, Network. Uh, Dr. Aga, who's going to talk about changes to our soil and changes to our weather, which is very uh, relevant at the moment. And uh, Pete Murta, whom you all know well from previous slots we've conducted here in this programme, uh, Pete is the Energy Efficiency and Climate Action Officer with Sligo County Council. Good morning to you all and thanks for joining us. Thank you, Nigel. Good morning. Um, and Aga, yes. I, I, I cannot begin to pronounce your, right. your surname. Isn't that yeah, right? my full name is Agnieszka Pivovarczyk, mm-hmm. uh, and Aga for short. Good job, I didn't have a go at that. Okay, <laughs> T- tell us about your interest in, in climate so change. And what I you am do. an environmental scientist and, a, and soil expert, so, but yeah, so it's my um, uh, passion and, and expertise. And as much as the ocean is uh, number one in relation to carbon sink, uh, yeah. soils are the second. And I think we need to look into this aspect when discussing climate change and, and water cycling as well. So both yeah. carbon and water cycling. One, one aspect of, of the soil should we look at? What, what, are, well, what are the concerns you well, have? Well, soil is a dynamic system and, and um, it has three properties. is chemistry, biology and physics. Um, and we all, we, well, we need to really uh, look into the three aspects of the soil. Um, soils need to breathe. Soils are more like human beings, say. Yeah. They need to breathe. Um, they respire CO2 and they have microbiome. And recently, there's been um, an in, like, in interest and knowledge into how human microbiome is affecting our health, right? Yeah. Same about soils. They have microbiome, and that microbiome is responsible for uh, soil health. And when we think about carbon, for example, we need to look into um, the famous fungi, yeah. right? Yeah. So, for example, when we think about Bacteria. Bacteria has very narrow carbon to nitrogen ratio, which is only five to one. And we cannot really store carbon um, in soils full of bacteria, even though there is billions of bacteria living um, in soil. We need to be more into um, practices that store and help to grow fungus, because yeah. fungus, comparing to bacteria, can have in the cell walls. Is there a general awareness of this? Like, no, or not? there's not. Okay. That's the problem because the common agricultural practices mainly looking into um, chemistry of soils. Yeah. What is commonly um, called soil um, quality, not soil health. 
So how much nitrogen, phosphorus and uh, potassium is in there to feed the plants? But they don't talk about the biology there, that we need to feed the biology, not the plants. Yeah. Because the biology then feeds the plants. Um, Yvonne, you're welcome, and we've we've talked to you Thank before you. about how communities become can become involved, and and you were appealing a couple of weeks ago on this show in relation to uh, community involvement, and that's gone successfully, hasn't it? There, yeah. And you were saying there's been a good uptake. There is a, a general sense that people want to to do what whatever they can. There definitely is. People want to help and address the issues, and they are concerned. Um, yeah. And so I've had some absolutely wonderful conversations with community groups over the last number of months since we did our launch. And I'm learning so much as I go. And even listening to Aga, what you learned today, I think that that, that that can be one of the incentives that we can get people involved in the climate change. When you actually yeah. think about what is in the soil and, and you want to learn that a little bit more, that can help people then to, to want to make the change also. So with our groups, um, over the course of the next 12 months, we have identified different targets um, that those groups can do. And we hope to then start sharing those best practices and the experiences of those groups with, with other groups across the county um, so that then hopefully that will help bring others along in this change as well. Because it's about presenting um, an accessible way to do things and a way to do things when you've got limited time and limited resources. Yeah. Um, and that you demonstrate that, that by doing it, you, you have a meaningful impact. Um, and and, and it can be meaningful, no matter oh. how small. I, I think there, there's a sense uh, that people feel what they're doing has no effect whatsoever because what they're doing is sort of too small to make an impact. It's, it's not relevant. I, uh, yes, I think that... It's identifying that individual change that you make. What is its what is its indirect consequences? Like, for example, yeah. when you decide, let's take it back to something very simple. Like, let's take it back to that you decided you're no longer going to have um, disposable cups. Yeah. You've made that single change. So that single change that you have done, how many cups have you avoided going to landfill as a result of that? And so if you think about the one action that I have done, what is the indirect consequences of that? But we need a mechanism to measure that so people can really see the impact of it. Like, for example, you've decided to maybe reduce the amount of time you've been on phones. So that what, by doing that, how have I reduced my my carbon footprint in that. I made a change with my food waste. How has that made a change? So it's giving metrics, and, and I know metrics is a term I don't particularly like to use myself, but just giving, this is this is my change. This is my contribution. Yeah. So if I've changed in five different aspects of my daily life, what have I done yeah. in total? Um, and I don't know whether that is out there at the moment to help people, so we're going to be investigating that over the course of the next 12 months. How okay. do we really demonstrate the, the positive change that you've made through these choices? Right, Pete, you're welcome and, and, and thank you for joining us. Um, I mean, again, we come at this from the situation where it, it's not an argument anymore or a debate, a climate change or climate. The climate science is absolutely clear, would you think? That's right, Niall. I'm, I mean, the time for arguing over over whether or not it's real seems to have passed us and, and most people would accept now that there there are changes occurring that we need to be aware of and that we need to prepare for the future. And um, I'm very happy, actually, that you've asked me on this morning because it just coincides with a piece of work that local, all local authorities are involved in now at the minute called the Local Authority Climate Action Plan. So in the coming weeks and over the, the course of this series of programmes you'll be doing, we'll actually be carrying out um, a public engagement as well where we want to hear from people, we want to hear from individuals, from businesses, from communities. We want to know what their concerns are and what actions they think should be taken, what actions are being taken, and we'll be developing that plan. It has to be adopted by early next year. So um, 
Yeah, I mean, there is so much going on, and both Aga and Yvonne there have spoken about different aspects of, of what climate action um, entails. And a big part of that, obviously, is um, the community. So, um, like I was saying, we want to engage people, we want to hear what they have to say. But it's such an enormous topic, it's such an enormous issue that, um, you know, all those little changes that Yvonne talks about, every little change makes a difference. So um, anything we can do to facilitate that or to help people to understand how they can move in the right direction, then we're hopeful that we can help them do that. Well, even your position within the local authority uh, wouldn't have been in a position not that long ago, uh, but it, 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 it is seen now as absolutely crucial, is it not, in an organisation such yeah. as a local authority? Absolutely. When I spoke to you previously, Niall, it would have been as the environmental awareness officer and each local authority has an environmental awareness officer and they would have been dealing with things like waste management and biodiversity over the years. But now each local authority has dedicated um, climate staff who are looking at things like energy, like mitigation, like climate adaptation. We're working closely with other people in ATU as well on a project in relation to coastal erosion. Uh, Some of your listeners might have heard of the, the SCORE project and uh, that's looking at things like sand dune protection. And actually, in the last couple of days, um, I'm sure some people have heard as well about an incident down in um, in County Kerry where a large area of sand dunes in the Maharese area uh, caught fire. And um, it was, they're not sure what, what uh, caused it to happen, but there was quite extensive damage um, caused by the fire to the sand dune system. And this was an area where the Maharese Conservation uh, Group who've been set up for the past number of years who've done Trojan work down there in relation to sand dune um, preservation. You know, it's a big blow for those those people down there, but it's, it's an example of, of what can happen. Um, and I'd appeal to people actually during this spell of, of, of warm weather um, to make sure that they're, they're very careful when it comes to, you know, if they're out in the beach and they're in the sand dunes or whatever, to make sure that, you know, they're, they're, you know even a discarded cigarette, a piece of broken glass can lead to a fire that can have, you know, devastating consequences for an ecosystem like sand dunes. Okay. Um, well, all right. Well, staying with the weather, Dr. Aga, you, you have a particular interest, I think, in our changing weather weather patterns as well. I know our, our temperatures have risen, what, about by 0.8 degrees Celsius since 1900 or so in Ireland. Um, should we be concerned of what is happening well, weather-wise? I, I am not a climate change expert, so... Uh, so is my uh, topic. Uh, however, as far as I understand the the, the weather patterns and um, cycling, is that there are there are there are fluctu- there's a fluctuation in in weather, like in the temperatures there yeah. worldwide. Uh, however, there is a significant increase of yeah. the of temperatures there worldwide. So that's something that definitely we need to look into and act upon. Yeah. The, the soil erosion aspect uh, that, that, that you mentioned there, why and how does that happen? So, soil erosion, there's different um, types of erosion that may happen, that can happen to soil. Um, um, but wh- whether it is driven by climate change or land management, um, we may have uh, weather, like weathering process, uh, so also the impact of sun on the soil, on bare soil specifically. Yeah. And then we have um, impact of rainfall even. Um, so there's different ways that soils can be eroded. And in fact, we're losing about 12, I think it's 12 million tons of topsoil each year lost worldwide. 
to the oceans. We're losing productive soils due to erosion. Yeah. And the, the reason for losing soils mainly is land and soil management. So like tilling, plowing, uh, lack of um, organic matter, um, of pesticides, yeah. artificial fertilizers. So we need to change our practices as yes. a matter of urgency. That, some definitely. are, of course, and some have embraced that. But it hasn't been as widespread maybe as it should be. Yes, there is a group of farmers, uh, as far as I know, in Ireland who are into more biological methods. Yeah. And I think as much as organic systems are um, increasing, um, we, I think we need to even go slightly higher and look into regenerative practices. So the practices that not only keep up the status of the of this condition of the soil that is or we have, um, is actually to improve it even, to make it better, to make it more yeah. uh, alive. Uh, it was World Oceans Day yesterday, mm-hmm. which is a UN initiative since, what, 2009, Yvonne? I know you have a particular interest yes. in this. Yes. Um, um, yeah. it's, it's important, uh, days like this, and raising awareness on days I think it is like, because like World we, Oceans Day yesterday. We, we may not understand the, the true value of the ocean in regards to the quality of the air that we breathe and many of the other things that the ocean is going to do um, for our health also. I think we live in such a wonderful place within Sligo with the with the, the ocean just on our doorstep. Yeah. We have Ocean FM, for example. But just to put it into context, when we think about the importance of the oceans to the air that we breathe, um, uh, one, the algae and seaweeds are so important within the carbon cycling and producing oxygen. One particular... Um, species are the, the diatoms ones that I've done some work on in past and for but I say that for every five breaths that you take one breath is due to the work that diatoms do it in our oceans so if we start looking at how our oceans are changing the temperature changes how we're he- uh, there's a, the, the heat the changes that are happening and increasing the temperature of it that's altering the, the life balance of those oceans that then ultimately is going to alter the impact that they have yeah. on our health through changes to the air quality that we have so that's just one aspect of it so within the World Oceans Day yesterday the, the topic that they were for, that they were striving forward with the theme of it was the 30-30 that looking back at what the UN and the High, Trees, the High Seas Treaty that was agreed in March that we have the, the need now to have 30% of our seas and our oceans protected by 2030 um, and I know within this month now that there's going to be meetings at high level intergovernmental meetings to discuss how do we do this how do we create our protected areas yeah. um, so I, I we enjoy the oceans, we enjoy this space during times of weather spells like this, but we need to protect that. So we need to look at the actions that we do to ensure that we protect those yeah. into the future. And sea levels are rising as well. So sea we, levels rising also, yeah. yeah, becomes an issue and then that's going to link back. So is, having yeah. Aggie here to talk about the soil science of it is vitally important yeah. so that we can, can see how nothing works independently. It's all linked. That's true. And so all actions... You can't just say, oh, the direct impact on the ocean, the direct impact on the soil. We have to look at all of how they interact with each other and are interlinked and how one change, how does it affect all of the different systems? In, in fact, most land practices um, taking place, yes, yeah, so anything we do on land, yeah. sooner or later is going to impact or affect the ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, Pete, it's, it's interesting when you talk about the, the, the climate action plan. I mean, already I think you would get a sense that there is buy-in, as, as Dr. Aga and uh, Yvonne have been saying, there, there is buy-in in general from the public 
in there, there is huge buy-in, yeah. And I mean, just t- taking up on a couple of things that were mentioned there, like air quality, like if you if you consider the impact that the wildfires in Canada are having on the air quality in New York, uh, yeah. and that the fact it's, that the boom uh, is scary, is scary to see across. see the the, the pictures and, and read about it yeah. at the moment, yeah. And people are sitting up and are taking notice and are are you know are, are are willing to take action in relation to it. And hopefully, in the climate action plan, we put a bit of shape on that, but. When it comes to kind of, I suppose, supporting local communities to do something tangible that they, they can feel that they're making a difference. I know Saigo County Council, along with other local authorities as well, is supporting the sustainable energy communities around the country. So I was recently had a launch out there in Riverstown of uh, the South Sligo Energy Partnership Energy Master Plan. And that is where, you know, they've examined their energy use, identified opportunities that they that they have for, um, you know, improving the, the, the insulation or, or the, the retrofitting their homes to make them more energy efficient, looking at renewable energy options. So, and the local authority can support um, local communities in that. So that's one example of how people can be supported to um, to take positive climate action. Another one is the Green Clubs Initiative, which is something that the GEA developed last year, but which is now available to all sports clubs. So whether you're a GEA club or a soccer club or a cricket club, or it doesn't matter, you can. Uh, there's a, a toolkit available to those clubs so they can examine things like travel within the club, energy, waste management, biodiversity, uh, water conservation. So there's lots of assistance and lots of effort going in to try and help communities, help you know, organisations like sports clubs to to do the right thing, to examine their current practices, to make sure that they're they're not wasting anything, that they're improving energy efficiency, that they're taking advantage of any uh, renewable energy options that might be available to them. So yes, there's an absolutely enormous body of work going on, and we're hopeful to, to put a bit of shape on that in uh, in terms of the, the local authority climate action plan. So we're really looking forward to hearing what people have to say and what their perspective is we want to hear you know we'd like to see innovation when it comes to climate action as well you know not just the same things we want to see something new because um you know it's people out there who you know who have those new ideas and give it um give it a bit of impetus as well so like we've had the example of the Cranmore regeneration over the past number of yeah. years as well which has done some trojan work with regard to the the local authority housing in there making it really comfortable really energy efficient and that's built you know, the community has built itself around that as well. And there are some members of the Sligo Environmental Network are, are heavily involved in the, the community garden down there, which, you know, helps bring people together to discuss these things and to look for options that uh, they can get involved in that will help us to, to deal with our changing climate. Uh, a final question for, for, for Dr. Aga and for you, Yvonne. Considering the huge challenges uh, we face globally, are, 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 you, are you optimistic about the future, that we can rise to such challenges? And meet them, yes, and change for the better. You are, yes, yes. Especially, uh, I think it's from the ground up, rather from rather than from even from coming from governments. I think people are seeing that the, the environment around them has changed, mm-hmm. um, like even lack of insects uh, flying around, um, and also the food quality and water quality and so on, and. And then, so people slowly started to realize we need to act, we need to do something, we need to change. Uh, and they're looking for, uh, they're looking for uh, ways to improve, to change, to have a better um, impact on, on the environment and human health and, and, and environmental health. So, but yeah, I think we need to come together um, and act 
now. Yeah. And and you're nodding your he- head very uh, vigorously <laughs> there, Yvonne. I am very, very you, you, positive. You remain positive too. Absolutely remain positive. I mean, and I think what we do, we need to highlight the positive stories. And I think within this week alone, um, we, the stories of the Pine Martins that we heard, the stories um, in regards to the White Eagle, that when action is taken, we do see the impact of that. We do see the change. And myself and Ag are even discussing, I mean, we've just come out of the No More May. And even through No More May, the increase in wildflowers that were visible and the, the, the differences that we saw in different insects being visible, that these actions are showing that we are making change. And I think that people need to embrace those and you get a sense of, I can contribute to my environment, I can make a change and I can see it visibly there. And for me, I even after No More May, I loved looking at the wild gardens. I thought it was amazing to see all of this just vibrancy, this colour. And then when they were all mowed down into neat lawns, I kind of felt like... the life had been taken out of them almost. Yeah. So maybe the way in which we view nature and we view beauty has to change somewhat so that yeah, we can I embrace the right, wildness, yeah. that wildness that really exists. And I says, for me, that's why the oceans, I, I love the oceans, not only for what we see, but I think we have to talk about the importance they have for our health and our mental health. Um, an ocean on a calm day is beautiful, but an ocean on a wild day is as beautiful when you see that cr- the madness of the waves crashing. So I just think connecting with nature again and finding that um, will help us to make the changes. And I will forever remain positive because I am fortunate in that I speak with community groups who are positive and want to make change. And if it's happening and the desire is there, it will come. Yeah. Do you have a garden? Do you, do you mow your grass? or We didn't mow it for me. And it's fantastic. Okay. And so the work is building up now, it is. <laughs> it is my, yeah. my, my garden looks like a jungle at the moment, so... Uh Yes, yeah, but as Yvonne says, maybe that's the way it should it should be it should become. Maybe that's yeah. I think with the misconception about so-called weeds, uh, yeah. um, many wildflowers or many weeds are, are actually of medicinal uh, purpose. So not necessarily every single plant is a weed. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes things that we call weeds, they might actually not be weeds for other organisms. We are very selfish when we talk about um, like weeds, for example. Yeah. Well, weeds uh, formed an important part of the Chelsea Flower Show this year, believe it or not. Yes. So there yep. you go. Yeah. So it's, yes. a, it, it's, a, it's a change all around. Many thanks to uh, all three of you for joining us this morning. And Thank good luck you. with Thank your you. continued work, Dr. Aga and Dr. Yvonne Lang of ATU Sligo. And thanks to you, Pete Murta, Sligo County Council as well, for joining us for this no new problem, programming man. initiative here on Ocean FM, Hours to Protect, which we'll cover every week, every Thursday from, from now for the next, uh, well, nearly a year or so. Ocean FM. Hours to Protect. Brought to you by Ocean FM, the IBA, and funded by Commission the Man. With the television license fee, check out hours to protect.ie for more information.